Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sano, joined, as always, by the Insignia to my Donnarumma. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? Uh, feeling good. Feeling uh, ready to go. And our very own Cialini. That's right. It's Eric Ronnebeck. Eric, how are you doing? <laughs> uh, I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah. You're the elder elder statesman. Ch- Cialini, did, in the Euro, I thought was... Uh, it was that play in the in the last game pretty much summed up his tournament where he pulled the, the Kaiosaka down from the neck and just dragged him to the ground. I was like, what a what a savvy veteran move. What a what a what a way to 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 end this tournament. All right, here we go. So we're getting into it today. We have a few uh Seahawks related stories and then maybe a couple NFL ones if we have time. But first we gotta start out with the big one. Jamal Adams showed up to training camp. He apparently has a a, a contract offer he likes enough. He thinks it's going to be done soon. So, Eric, I'm going to start with you, and I'm going to give you the baseline. Justin Simmons makes four years, $61 million. The offer is apparently <clears throat> the best in the business for the position, so it's the best safety contract. So right now the best safety contract is Justin Simmons. Four years, $61 million, $35 million guaranteed. So that's $15.25 million a year. Where do you think our boy Jamal lands for a safety contract? I feel like it's going to be somewhere around – 16 and a half per year just because i don't know i don't know if so so you're thinking 466 do you think the guarantees are higher than 35 i do i i think schneider's gonna try and keep it down on the guarantee on the on the overall yeah uh the money the money in the cap and what it's gonna cost so i think that the the guarantees will make way for not paying him 18 million watch now it's going to be 18 million a year with 45 guaranteed but you know so i'm i'm gonna go 17.25 a year which is 469 and then i'm gonna go 42.0 for the guarantees so so i which i i think is very good chance to be accurate so you know don't let your memes stay dreams yeah so but i think that 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 could be really close actually and so i'm just going to stick with it i do think it's going to be close to 70 right around 70 somewhere in that neighborhood I could see anywhere as high as 74 and as low as what, like around where Eric said, 64. Uh, but if you're on the low end of that, the guarantees are going to be a lot more. Um, and I really don't think the Seahawks like giving out guarantees that go into the third year, which is why I'm I'm going to trend towards the higher end of the 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 uh, you know range that I'm setting here towards the 75 side, so that they don't have to guarantee over half because they're going to have to beat Simmons' guarantee too. Uh, Kevin, what do you think? <clears throat> So the thing is, so Simmons has the best contract with 15.25 AAV. He's the only one over 15. There's only, what, like six dudes, 14 or over total. Yeah, there's the safety contracts. There's only a few big ones, correct. And so you know he's going to have the biggest one, but I think it's one of those things where, and, and I think the Seahawks have to appease the fact that they need to give him a really big contract, but the Seahawks will not go over like four years on a dude because they're afraid of getting Cam Chancellor again. So and, and that's why I'm saying like they, they don't want to give out a third year of guarantees here. That's that's like a I think the Seahawks have legitimate fear of that. You're right. Yeah, so I'm going with four and sixty six for sixteen and a half a year. You and and I'm gonna go very, with about thirty five guarantees, maybe thirty six guarantees. And Eric are very close together there. So uh, we'll see. I think the first two years are going to be almost fully guaranteed. Basically, it's pretty good for me because I have like a ton of room upwards in the Price is Right game here, where it's <laughs> not going over. Um, so I have like a lot of upward upward ability here because if they go crazy, you know, I'm taking a dub on that, which will feel like a loss because of uh, how much money we're paying. Yeah, congratulations, you paid on your own happiness. I, I hope I hope you're good with that. <laughs> Today, in a uh, a surprise but a welcome one, Alden Smith reported for camp to uh, to play some football. So, uh, Kevin, how, how do you think Alden Smith kind of fits into this defensive end group? Is, is he have a real chance to to shake shake up the roster here, or is this kind of like uh, like a last chance? And they're saying he's in really good shape, too. I don't know what that means because they say the that every shape. time. I've heard it's the best shape of his life. I don't know about you. <laughs> um, so the whole thing is that we're kind of banking on unproven assets when it comes to pass rushers. It's like Dunlap, Alden Smith, and a room full of like large question marks, both large in that the question mark is large and large in that the people involved are large because they're defensive linemen. So it's to me, he's almost like in a battle with maybe Benson Mayoa for 
that other pass rusher along with Dunlap, because I don't know if we're necessarily going to be cutting any of the kids. We just gave Kerry Hyder a contract, and I think scheme-wise he fits in really well. But Alden Smith's proven pass rush ability, and so he's going to be probably kind of sitting on the cut line the whole preseason. But if he balls out and like Mayoa takes a step back or Dunlap comes in looking really old, I could or see Rashe- a situation. I could see them. I could see Rasheem Green. This could be like a swan song for him too, because if he doesn't like do anything or make himself look better, I mean, this is year three, right? It's like I kind of think it might be time for Rasheem Green a little bit. Um, yeah, especially if like Alton Robinson balls out or something. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. I mean, I I would be surprised. If, wouldn't you be? Would you be surprised, Eric? If they they would cut, they wouldn't cut a twenty twenty draft pick, would they? I don't think so. But I mean, is this a guy you could? You could cut and re-sign for cheaper. Is there any sort this of? Is it's going to be hard. Like... It's going to be hard to cut Alton Robinson and get him back. I I don't know exactly. Taylor maybe, but Alton Robinson though. Yeah, I don't think you can get him back. I don't because... think Taylor's out. I think well, we've kind of been saying for a while that you know this could be Rasheem Green's last go round, but it could also be. Um, oh, sorry, Collier. what's his name? Yeah, Collier, the guy who uh, he, he had a really good year last year, according to Pete. But I don't know how much of that is just Pete saying Pete stuff. I think Collier showed that he can play a role this defense likes to have someone in, and he's a good fit. Two days ago, the LJ Collier tweeted, this year going to be fun as hell, boy. So, I mean, it wouldn't be fun to get cut, right? (laughs) (laughs) And if there's anywhere we can get reliable news, it's Twitter. I mean, at this point, I'm I'm trusting LJ Collier's Twitter more than, like, anything else. Like, where else am I going to get any information from? It's like we're in the information desert right now. Um, I mean, I am going to training camp uh, Thursday, so I'll tell I'll tell you all my uh, my training camp reports. There you but, go. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm going to try to I'm going to try to break some news while I'm there. No, not not really at all. Um, OK, so the goal then, in training camp is to break nothing. Remember that? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I wrote down Xavier uh, Howard and Chandler Jones are requesting trades. Do you think either of those guys are moved before the start of the season? Uh, Kevin, what do you think? I don't think that uh, I don't think that the Dolphins are going to move a guy who just signed his contract and now is unhappy about his contract. Like he, you can't really hold out in the modern NFL. So Xavier Howard is going to be reporting, and he's just going to be, I guess, like mildly testy, and then I mean, he's not going to show up quite as well. Chandler Jones reported to camp too. Uh, I think Chandler Jones has a better chance of being traded just because he is in the last year of his deal, but it would be really bad optics for them to bring Watt in to pair him up with Jones and then ship Jones out. So I think the most likely outcome is neither gets traded. Conspiracy Nathan, Eric, this is, this is a conspiracy Nathan. You ready? <laughs> yeah. Uh, JJ, JJ Watt. The reason they gave him so much money is because they knew Chandler Jones was malcontent. What do you think? I mean, I think the reason they gave JJ Watt so much money is because JJ Watts, the, I think he's the picture in the NFL logo. I'm pretty sure. The guy throwing the ball, um, he's he's everything. He's the hero in the NFL. Really, I thought that was Ed Hockley. No, that is. I I thought it was Cletus. It is. It is one hundred percent JJ Watt because I don't know if you know this. He is a hero. He does everything. The guy is super humble. He lives in a cabin. I don't know if you guys know that. Uh, This is Eric's yearly JJ Watt swatting. Uh, Chandler Jones. I think he gets moved because he's very unhappy. And why not? They could, there's enough, like there's enough guys out there where they could fill holes with dumping his contract and, you know, picking up Justin Houston and a bunch of old guys who could, who could do much better for them. I hope they're not that smart. Yeah. I mean, dumping the salary and then using it to sign like a bunch of veterans on the cut line. Cause they there's, just need, they need more defensive depth for sure. There's a bunch out there. Yeah, there's there always is right. Like there's always like a bunch of defensive veterans and a bunch of running backs. Those are the those are the positions it feels like at the end of for uh the, the regular season you can kind of get uh, get a bunch of those guys. All right, um, uh, the COVID rules. So the new rules in the NFL are kind of being are released around COVID, and now if you have an outbreak, you initially forfeit you uh, forfeit the game. Uh, but we don't have to worry about that, right? Because Seahawks were the COVID champs last year. Zero uh, games missed due to COVID. Uh, and also, I think I people are reporting that like we're already over 80% vaccinations, trending towards 90 now. So I'm, I'm like super 
not worried about it. But uh, some teams like are at like 50%. And I heard like Washington football team is one <laughs> of them. Ron Rivera <laughs> said, I'm mad as hell. Yeah, Ron Rivera's like, I'm mad. I'm immunocompromised. I just went through chemo. Like, I need you guys to not give me this virus. So I have so a like, really important question. I know, Nathan, you typically host, but I'm going to ask the host a question. Go ahead. How disappointed are you that no practice squad wide receivers will be playing quarterback this year? Yeah, it sucks. But I mean, I'd I think the forfeit is funnier because like it's like it's such a it's such like a preventable forfeit, you know. Like all you gotta do is just like get a shot. Like it's not that big a deal. And so, so um, if any team's like, gonna lose a game to it, it's the Lions, right? Like, like I don't know if your work did this, but my work was like, hey, fifty bucks if you get it. It's like I was like, yeah, dude, fifty bucks, sweet. <laughs> it's like it did not take much for for me. And these guys make a lot more money than fifty bucks per game check. Like I wouldn't want to lose a game check over something something that's really uh not that big. I mean these guys go crazy with the supplements, so I don't know. Kevin, uh, I got a twist for you. The Lions win on a forfeit. Also, if you're on the cut line and you somehow equally peak Lions, yes. yeah, like if you're <laughs> their one win of the season will be on a COVID forfeit. <laughs> let's, say, let's say Kevin. Yeah, exactly, Kevin. You're you're making that Alden Smith Benson Mayoa choice, and one guy is vaccinated, one guy's not. Like you're like gonna pick. That's Easy. that's going to matter. Easy. It's going to matter to which guys get cut and which guys don't, and because those guys don't have, they only have to get tested every two weeks. They don't have to sit out as much. You know, there's just a bunch of legitimate football advantage to having your guys uh, vaccinated. So anyway, not to mention surprise, uh, like false positives on the Friday before game day and stuff, not having to deal exactly. with that. Like, yeah. Like, you know, well, they're not, they're not changing the games, the days of the games now. Like it won't be like last year where the, the, what was it? The Ravens <laughs> they played on like oh my goodness, Thursday yeah. and then a Wednesday. Like, it was like this one secret coaches hate. Um, all right, Eric, I have one more thing for you. Puna Ford tweeted on July 21st, had two salads today on accident. Has that ever happened to you before? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Never have I ever. This is this is right up there with, uh, what was it, Chase Edmonds came out and he said, and I got I to gotta track down Chase Edmonds because he said, I bulked up and lost weight. What? <laughs> this is this this is uh, from the Cardinals from the Cardinals tweet. Uh, he said, "I I've both cut I've I've lost weight and bulked up." And I'm like, "Man, I'm trying to do that, and I've been told you can't do it. I'm I'm bulking up, but uh, I'm not, not losing I'm weight." Not, yeah, so I gotta we gotta we have Chase Evans on the show. I gotta figure that out. Dude, had two salads today on accident. Might be one of my favorite things I've ever on, seen in my life. On on accident. <laughs> Not on purpose, Eric. On Whoops. Accident. Oops. Does that mean it was like, the, the, it was like the, the Oops All Berries Crunch Berry, except <laughs> it was Oops All Salads? <laughs> it's, like he ordered, it's like he got a salad for lunch, and then he went home, and he was at, like out for dinner or something, and he got another salad, and he was just like, he's got the second salad, and he's eating it, and he's just like, oh, shit. You know I he ate, ate out I ate twice. Two salads today, and both meals came with salads. You know he's not just. You know he's not just making a salad. He's just all disappointed in himself. All right, uh, let's get into it. NFC South this week. Uh, start off with the Falcons. The Falcons went four and twelve last year, adding my, Seahawks legend Mike Davis, Durant, Durant Harmon, Eric Harris, Brandon Copeland, and lost Keanu Neal, Alex Mack, Darquise Denard, and Charles Harris. Drafting Kyle Pitts. Richie Grant. Also, they lost Julio Jones, Jalen Mayfield. Uh, Seahawks connection. They have linebacker Emmanuel Ellerby on the squad. Eric, what do you think about the Falcons this year? Oh, you know, we're almost done with these division previews and coming to me first on these to kick us off. It's always such a joy because what can you say about the Falcons? They lost uh, what? Uh, they lost five or seven games last year. Seven games to uh, less than five points. Okay. Uh, they fixed that by their offense not getting all that much better. Uh, they did re-sign Youngway Koo, which is you know a, a, probably their the best thing they can do. Uh, he, lost, are he, lost his, he lost his shoes though in that Jeep th- theft, you know. So it, oh man, no, he was so upset about his cleats too. He was like, "You can keep the Jeep, just return the cleats, man." Oh, is that the source of his power? You think it's like Samson losing his hair? Yeah, yeah, it's strength is in his hair. So Matty Ice is still on this team. The Falcons did not get better in that department. Uh, we are going to be starting the. Uh, Kevin Garber tells Eric uh, all about Kyle Pitts. Watch that's that's coming up. <laughs> where you know I'm going to watch him in UMB. Yeah, Maybe yeah, you can say I, stuff I about Kevin. him too. He's that exciting. Yeah, I'm I'm sure that's going to help that team, but I don't really think it's going to propel them too too much farther than they need to be. Uh, see you later, Julio. We didn't really get much for you, man. I have this Falcons team just just being a a team that gets no higher than seventh in the NFL draft and don't make the playoffs. And I have so what do you, them. 
Seven wins this year. Seven, seven wins, okay. Uh, seven and ten. I'm really close there with you. I have them at eight and nine, and it's a lot of the same thoughts. Like they, This team was not that bad last year, not as bad as their record indicated, but they also their offseason made them slightly worse. So it's like, yes, they weren't as bad as they thought, but they're not going to get that much better because they didn't have like a really great offseason. Kyle Pitts is good, but there's only so much you're going to get from a tight end. And I think that like Saz, so I've been working on my uh, my fantasy projections. You know, I've started my composite and I'm working on my the one set that I make for myself. And I was like looking at this offense and I was like, they're, you know, they're going to throw a lot. The, the Falcons always do. And I was like, who's going to get all the yards that were vacated by Julio last year, you know? And I just decided like Russell Gage is going to have almost a thousand yards. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, that that's what's going to happen. But that does that's not good. Not good when you have like Zacchaeus Olamide needs to play a role, and you're going to probably going to play a lot of two tight ends with Hayden Hurst and Kyle Pitts, who are good players. But this offense will move the ball. The defense is is meh. It's, they did not get better. They didn't nothing to to get better. They're they did not. I don't think Richie Grant is the answer. I'm just going to say that. And so yeah, this is a real average team. Uh, Eight and nine, but they did add Jonathan Ballard too, another Seahawks legend. All right, Kevin, what do you uh, what do you like think about the Atlanta Falcons? Well, as we talk about players that they lost last season, I don't think we can count Darquez Denard and Demonte Casey because they didn't really play for them last season very much. So it's only kind of a loss. Um, Julio Jones, of course, is a really big one, but something I think is getting overlooked is they had a sizable upgrade on offense in the form of Arthur Smith taking over as head coach. And I do think a two tight end set with Kyle Pitts and uh, Hayden Hurst with Calvin Ridley on the outside can work really well in the style of offense that Arthur Smith runs. I think that's a really good fit. I also think it's a really good fit for Matt Ryan's skill set. So if he's going to have a late career resurgence, I think this gives it a really good chance. The problem is that their defense is still really bad. And by really bad, I mean terrible. They've got... Uh, like they're hoping that what Darren Hall can come in and take over or Kendall Sheffield and uh, Isaiah Oliver can take huge steps forward. I mean, there's a decent amount that you can rely on maybe AJ Terrell making a taking a step, but it's just a lot of giant question marks in the secondary. But to support that big question, in the secondary, at least they don't have a good pass rush because they're relying on Dante Fowler to do something. And unless you also have, the generational talent at defensive tackle that is um, Aaron Donald, then like you just can't count on Dante Fowler to do things. So their defense is going to be bad, but I think their offense is going to be interesting and good enough that they'll put up enough points to make some wins. So I've met nine and eight. All right. So we're all pretty close together. Seven, eight, nine there. The Panthers last year went five and 11. They added Sam Darnold, Hassan Reddick, Denzel Perryman and AJ Bouye. They lost Russell Okung. Actually, Russell Okung is still unsigned, so he could still technically come back. Cuss Curtis Samuel. He's holding out for Dogecoin. Mike Davis, Russell <laughs> Douglas. Dude, that that is making me so many people are like, oh, he got paid in Bitcoin. It's like, no, he got paid in US dollars and then bought Bitcoins with it. It's not, did not get paid in. Okay, anyway. I would say it's a great example of how accurate average reporting is about any transaction uh, in a professional sports league. Drafted JC Horn, Terrace Marshall. And Tommy Tremble, Seahawks connection. This is the home of Seahawks third wide receiver, David Moore. Uh, he'll probably be their fourth wide receiver, but they have listed him first in the return game depth chart. So it seems like he has an inside track on and making first the team. Hearts. Uh, so good for David. Nice job. I'm glad he landed on his feet. Kevin, what do you think about the Panthers this year? Uh, Panthers are a really interesting team. They've got a really good set of pass catchers in DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, who showed he's more than just a deep threat in an offense that isn't run by a terrible head coach. Uh, Terrace Marshall, I think we all agree, falling into the second round was a good value get for them. Um, And then when David Moore is your fourth wide receiver, that's pretty good. We won't talk about tight end. I mean, I like Tommy Tremble a lot, and I hope that he can step up. Um, Dan Arnold, I really liked him on the program Roseanne, but... I don't really know how much that's going to do. Uh, their offensive line is super middling. I don't mind Ian Thomas, just just to throw that in there. I think like he's taken advantage of like the kind of the second career he's been given. An Seahawks legend Stephen Sullivan too. Um, <laughs> but I, I think the interior of their offensive line, like Matt Reedy's hasn't been great since coming over. Pat Elfline is bad. Uh, they might be relying on Cam Irving to take snaps at left tackle that's never a good thing. So it's basically like Taylor Moton and hopefully dudes. And then they're relying on the Darnold. And I think the Darnold is better than he was able to show with the Jets. 
but there's a lot of space between better than he was with the Jets and viable starting NFL quarterback. So even though I think their defense will take some step forward because Brian Burns is really good and their secondary is likely to be better with some more experience and talent being brought in, I just don't think that's enough going to get them over the hump. So I think they're going to be 6-11. and 11, And with another good draft and a real quarterback, they could be something to worry about in the future. All right, who was the last quarterback to escape the the Gase, Eric? Who was the last quarterback to escape from Adam Gase? Adam, his who, uh, his nexus. It's Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill, yeah. Was it really? I mean, I don't know. Ex-Texas A&M wide receiver Ryan Tannehill. Ooh, I don't know if you know what happened know. after he escaped the Nexus, but uh, he got a lot better. And I don't. Yes, I think did. this team actually has quite a bit of talent all over. I agree with Kevin. They need to. They need to sign, re-sign Okung. Is what they need to do because they need to just that make a big this, difference. Yeah, solidify this offensive line with one more guy. If they did that, I would feel bet- good about putting them in like a fringe playoff uh, contender zone uh, because. This I do like a lot of the pieces they have on offense. They have great skill position players. I think the Darnold can really turn it around under, under much better coaching. Joe Brady and Matt Rule. Uh, this defense is young and good. Ch- I like Chin a lot. I love Brian Burns, uh, and I think Hassan Reddick coming in just will provide like a nice steady presence in the center of this defense. And Denzel Perryman, like they they brought in a couple veteran defenders to sit in the middle of the field and like keep the kids in line, which is exactly what I think this defense needed. Uh, so they, I expect them to make kind of a, a big jump there on, on defense. And yeah, I, I mean, they were, they were in a lot of close games last year and they had Teddy Bridgewater. And so they couldn't, you know, ha- having Teddy Bridgewater go for game winning drives is going to be disappointing. At least Sam Darnold gives you a, a shot there. Uh, He's I, steady Teddy, not mm, big play Teddy. I love their draft. JC Horn, Terrace Marshall, Tommy Tremble. I think they made a lot of picks that I really, really like. And so for me, I went with nine and eight, and I have them going hmm. eight and eight and zero against teams with losing records, and one and eight against team with winning records. Which kind of just sums up my opinion on them. They're like the good bad team. Uh, they if they sign in their offensive line though, I think they might be able to pull off a couple upsets in those close games and maybe get themselves into kind of a like I said a fringe wild card. But they just they're not quite there yet. And uh, next year, you know, if they just draft like kind of what. Um, they where they draft like a quarterback in with their top 10 pick and then they or they trade up and then they get an offensive lineman somehow they'll probably be really good next year they're 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 either a year away or uh a signing away so yeah that's what i think about the the panthers eric what do you think uh our review of the panthers is very 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 close because i also had them at nine and eight beating all the bad teams because if you look at their schedule that's kind of the telling factor and having like one good win in there. But then I thought that's not really likely. No team does that. Teams always surprise. So should I drop them to seven and nine? So I went through the schedule again, looked at it. I'm settling between there and I have them going eight and nine <clears throat> because uh, when I'm at seven and nine, I'm at seven and 10. I've been going eight and nine because they will surprise. They do have Christian McCaffrey, but they're still not going to be. They're not going to be good enough to beat all the bad teams. And especially with New Orleans in this division kind of being the mirror image of this team in some ways, like the exact opposite yet very similar. Um, I just don't think the Panthers have it in them. The, the old the old version? Yeah. They're looking at the mirror and seeing themselves in five years? Um, a little bit. Did, did you, did you um, Kevin, did you say seven or six? I said six and 11. Oh, man. If you said seven, then it would have been seven, eight, nine again. That would have been kind of cool. Okay. Okay. Uh, Let's go on to the the Saints. <laughs> the Saints. The Saints went twelve and four last year. They added Chris Hogan and Nick Vanette. That's my Seahawks connection. Also, Nick Vanette. Uh, they lost Trey Hendrickson, Jared Cook, Sheldon Rankins, and of course Drew Brees in the draft. They added Peyton Turner, Pete Werner, Pulson Adebo. Uh, I really wanted the third name to li- to rhyme with Turner and Werner. I'm super disappointed they didn't do yeah, that. Well. They, uh, I do. I always do the first three picks. I know I, I should have seen if they drafted another guy. They drafted Ian. Book. They didn't. One hundred percent didn't. I'm disappointed in them. You're doing your job just fine, okay. Nathan. Uh, Seahawks connection. Of course, they got Nick Vanette. Eric, what do you think about the direction of the New Orleans Saints? As I was saying with Carolina, the uh, mirror image, meaning uh, kind of opposite yet similar. The the New Orleans Saints have had great success, and now Drew Brees <laughs> finally retired i think i'm not sure i just know he's not going to be the quarterback this year until he just comes out of retirement at the last minute says i was just kidding Um, the old brett Favre. that's right (laughs) he'll just come out of the locker room in week one i i I expect that he'll swoop in like uh 
you know, any presidential nominee. Does he have a new MLM to pitch? He has to come out of retirement for. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I gotta say, I, I don't know who the quarterback's gonna be. Is it gonna be James Winston? Is it gonna be Taysom Hill? It's funny you I, say this, Eric, because on my so I make a big spreadsheet every year uh, for my projections, and I made two pages for New Orleans this year. I made New Orleans with Jameis and New Orleans with Taysom. So I, I had okay. to uh, I had to differentiate it because I was like, this is though they, they are wildly different players, right? They um, are, but it's just crazy. Did you come out with different win totals for them? Uh, no, they're they're gonna suck either way. Okay, so <laughs> I think because of their defense, because of Alvin Kamara and Sean Payton being their coach, I think they have a very good chance to be decent. Squeeze out more wins than you think. Squeeze out more wins than you think. But it's funny. No matter who the quarterback is, it's going to be the same. They're just going to find different ways to lose. And they're going to beat teams you didn't think they would and lose to teams you didn't think they would. So for that reason, I had them in a very, very optimistic 10 and 7. All right. So Sean Payton is the quarterback. Sean Payton has had uh, several seven and nine seasons in his career, right? But at the end of the day, there's one thing he always had, which made him never go into the full tank. He always had Drew Brees and they don't have Drew Brees anymore. And I do think that Sean Payton's very secure in his job. And my, my theory here is that this is a good defense, but I suspect at some point people are going to get suspiciously shut down. Cameron Jordan's calf is really tight and he needs to just sit out for a couple weeks. Oh, you know, old Malcolm Jenkins, his hamstrings are tight. We can't play him anymore. You know, it's going to be garbage like that that keeps guys out of the game. And all of a sudden, this team at the end of the year is just going to go into the tank. I have them losing like 10 consecutive games to Ooh. end the season. It's because like I just really think that they're going to realize this is not the year, right? This is not our year to be to be good and so we're just going to shut it down go into the tank our last one i think actually it's seven straight games because they're going to beat the eagles in week 11 because they're really bad so so yeah and i just don't like i like you said alvin kamara is good but michael thomas starting on the pup there's like no one to throw to on this offense traquan smith uh marquez calloway a uh, little jordan humphrey the legend uh yeah, and people are like talking themselves into like Adam Troutman as a good fantasy play. And like if Adam Troutman's good in fantasy, it's because he got 110 targets. It's not because he's good. It's because there's no one else to throw the ball to. It's just there's nothing else for them to do. I do think Taysom Hill's more likely to start though, because if there's no one to throw the ball to, play the running quarterback, right? Like that Fair. makes sense to me. Uh I do think they would be slightly more successful with Taysom Hill, but I just I I do think they're gonna go full tank, try to get a young uh, you know, rookie, strong rookie quarterback from next year's class. This is uh, a big contender for for going for number one pick. I'm at four and thirteen. Ooh, so way different than my take. Um, go ahead, Kevin. Um, I'm gonna kind of fall in the middle here. So my issue is they lost Trey Hendrickson at edge. They lost Janoris Dake at corner. They lost Sheldon Rankins at D tackle. They lost Emmanuel Sanders as their number two wide receiver. They lost the immortal Jared Cook. As their tight end, they lost Alex Anzalone at linebacker, and they replaced them with um, Pete. Werner. Yeah, so that's kind of the problem. Um, like they're yeah, they're relying on Peyton Turner, uh, Pete Werner, and Paulson Adebo to come in and immediately provide like really quality. strong quality play as rookie defenders. Quality which de- they need to be depth though. They're none of them are starting so. I don't know. If, I think if that, Pete Werner's not starting, then who are their starting linebackers? It's not pretty. Yeah. Like, that's not, that's ugly. Pretty. And then, uh, like, at corner, the corner situations, like, Patrick Robinson <laughs> is a pretty good nickel corner. When he has to play outside, he's usually not quite as effective. He's going to have to play outside because it's either him or Brian Poole playing outside. And so that's a problem. That's a, that's a definite downgrade from Janoris Jenkins. Um, and the other part of it that's quietly been happening without getting a lot of notices, the interior of their offensive line has been getting bad. Like, their tackles are still great. Uh, Teron Armstead, when he's healthy, is excellent. Ryan Ramchek is probably the best right tackle in the NFL or close to it. Um, but the interior of that offensive line is not super pretty. And if they're trying to institute some kind of a power run game with um, Taysom Hill, that can be a problem. And I do think it's probably going to be Taysom Hill because, like you said, Nathan, who's Jameis going to throw to? Like Traquan uh, Smith, 
Uh, Marquez Callaway when he's not James, suspended. Who's James going to throw to? Well, in week one, they play the Packers. So, um, right. <laughs> it's going to be Jair Alexander with the most touchdown receptions. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not good. And it's going to be a lot of uh, dump off style and Kamara. Like, Taysom Hill can do that and provide the run threat. So, I do think it's going to probably be Taysom. I do think their defense is going to take a step back and their offense isn't going to look great. I'm at seven and 10. All right. So we, yeah, we kind of split by twos, twos there. Um, last, but certainly not least, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They added Giovanni Bernard and Raven Green. They lost nobody. They, like, I, they literally brought back every single person that was a free agent. They drafted Joe Tyron, Kyle Trask, Robert Hainsey, Seahawks Connections, the Seahawks kick return legends, Cyril Grayson and Troy Main Pope combining forces. On the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Which one do you like better? Let's take a vote, Eric, first. Cyril Grayson or Troy Main Pope? Uh, Cyril Grayson, because he, we always said, man, if he just could run in a straight line, he'd be something special. So yeah. let him let him run in a straight line down in the south. All right, and then, Kevin, who do you like better? Troy, uh, Troy Main Pope, because everyone was so sad when he got cut, but he really is just a replacement level running back. All right, and then Eric, I have another one. I, I wrote a show note down and then forgot about it, and so I, I got to go back to the Saints for a second. You ready? Chad sure. Johnson tweeted this, at Saints, hear me out. Even years removed, I'm still in better shape than 90% of these earthlings, and I can play until my guy at Can't Guard Mike comes back. Don't need money or a contract, just a company car and a place to stay. Now, here's my question. Would you pay Is 20, Chad Johnson 20, homeless? Oh, would you, would you pay 20 bucks to see Chad Johnson play for the Saints? Like right yes, now? absolutely. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna demand more when he gets to camp. Like, well, I, I wasn't serious. I need more money, but sign him up, bring him to camp. Can't be worse than Terrell Owens when he was a Seahawk. He said stuff is easy out there for for wide receivers these days. I would get three to four hundred yards per game. Oh, this is said. the wrong era to say that. Wait forty years, Chad. All right. Uh, so anyway, uh, Kevin, you're first on on uh, Buccaneers. Uh, what do you think uh, about the Bucks? All right, so Tampa Bay, there's a couple of things at play here. Um, they brought everybody back. They added a couple of youths, pe- youthful pieces on defense um, with Joe Tryon adding to the pass rush mixture and um, with a, a little bit more depth in the secondary. The only thing is, do we really think that the defense is going to play to the exact same level they did down the stretch last season? Like, I don't know if that's a really a bankable thing. Same thing with the offense. Like Bruce Arians offense has been out there for a while. I don't think it's changing, which is both good and bad. So while I understand that they have a ton of talented players and I understand that they're a very good team and definitely the team to beat in the NFC. um, I just think they're also a team that can kind of easily get overrated. Like they play a number one schedule. They have, um, you know, they have a number of difficult games they're going to have to go through. They have to play the Bills. They have to play Washington football team who took every last ounce out of them in the playoff in the first round of the playoffs was arguably their biggest challenge of the playoffs. Um, they have to play against the Rams, who I think are a feisty quality team. And so I do think they're going to drop a few games. That being said, man, I don't know. I'm going to go with 13 and four. I think they're really good. Uh, yeah, so you, you win the Super Bowl and you have a really good team already. You feature basically top tier talent in every positional group. There is not one position group on this team where they are not rolling out just incredible talent. Um, a couple things I really love about this team, uh, the defense. Okay. Some people get on Devin White because he, uh, he makes flash plays but messes up easy plays seems to freelance a little bit i think this is mostly by design though because they have levante david who is like bobby wagner's level of like rock solid in the middle of the field so they're like david just go out and try to make a play on every single play and if you screw up who cares levante is going to clean it up you know like they have they have like the perfect mix of players to do stuff like that because they have these guys that just mesh together perfectly like Devin White is an insane athlete and Levante David is rock solid so like let's just let's just go do that you know let's do stuff, some crazy stuff they it's like that everywhere on the field and um yeah if there's a weakness on this team it's running back but like running back they have five guys who I think are all 
a pretty solid in CJ Procise. So yeah, hopefully Keyshawn Vaughn got his uh, got his COVID shot this year. <laughs> yeah, because exactly. Keyshawn Vaughn last year, man, he missed like the whole season with COVID IR. Uh, so CJ Procise got his ring though. Woo! You did get a ring. Yeah, go go CJ. All, for all zero uh, carries he got. But yeah, offensive line's great. Uh, average athlete, Tristan Wirfs. That's a Discord joke for everyone uh, who doesn't in the Discord. But uh, yeah, so they're just, they're awesome. They're really, <laughs> they're a really good football team. Um, yeah, I have them at 12 and five. They're, they're excellent. They are Real quite, question. Quite Does awesome Kyle win. Trask beat out Blaine Gabbard for the backup quarterback job? Um. Does Kyle Trask beat out? Yeah, I mean, yeah, probably. They drafted him in the second round. If this, if Tom Brady gets hurt, this team is bad. It it doesn't matter. <laughs> like they, they, they. The thing is, they went seven and nine with Jameis, and they had like what was it, six one one score losses that season, right? So they were not even that bad with Jameis. They go up to Tom Brady, but like the drop from Jameis to Blaine Gabbert or Kyle Trask is pretty sizable. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like I would much rather have Jameis than either of those guys. So yeah, they'll be pretty, pretty lame if Blaine Gabbert, if they have to roll the ball out there with Blaine Gabbert, but I do love Blaine Gabbert's tweets about like, he really feels involved, you know, like he, he puts up Instagram posts that make it seem like he's, uh, he's the guy or whatever. So yeah, I like that. I mean, they're just so deep everywhere. It's a really good roster. I don't know how they've, how they're under the cap still. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. They were supposed it's to a Tampa have- Bay thing lose a bunch of players yeah they were supposed to they were like like you said Eric, they had a ton of free agents and it's like oh well they're gonna lose three guys or four guys we'll get overpaid and i think like the market really worked in their favor right no one had cap room because of the cap went down and so they ended up just being able to you know offer guys a bunch of one-year contracts and everyone's like yeah i'll come back for one year and kick everyone yeah i'll run it back with tom for what might be tom's last year except he's a cyborg so who knows yeah why not did you you got eric did you see that fake video where he's thrown it into the jugs machine yeah, yeah, I, I turned it off. I was, I was, that was fake. That's fake. It's fake. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a cool idea, and I bet you he could throw a football into a jugs machine. But I don't know if you know this, but that's just gonna fall over. You know, there's no way you're gonna get it to stick in a jug machine like that. No, I, 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 I ignored it, ignored it, and then I hit it, and I was immediately disappointed in myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Eric, what do you got? There? What do you got for your uh, record and expectations for the? Nothing uh, more really needs to be said. I mean, I can't believe this team re-signed like. I guess Gronk, sure, why not come back? But I I anticipated Antonio Brown going on to uh, greener with money pastures. Uh, Sue to leave. Uh, they just, it's irritating. I have them also at 13 and 4. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's just look at the list of guys that they got to bring back, okay? Because it is, like, pretty significant. They brought back Leonard Fournette, Antonio Brown. Uh, they got they franchised Chris Godwin, T- Rob Gronkowski, Shaquille Barrett, uh, Nottam Kong Sue, Levante David, Levante David, by the way, two years, 25 million. What an awesome Steel. contract uh-huh. to get, to get that guy under. Um, and then like role players, Kevin Minter, Ross Cockrell, uh, you know, these guys are players that, that they play, you know, they'll play 20 snaps a game or something. These are real good, you know, decent role players. This is a, this is the team to beat right here. It's unfortunate because it's, you know, Tom Brady, although I will say, Okay, I, I wrote this down as a question to ask you guys, and we have time to do it. So, like, uh, obviously our hate for Tom Brady was at a 10 for many years, mostly because, you know, the Super Bowl loss, and he just seemed kind of like a – but now Tom Brady comes out and he does all these things that make him likable. Do you think that really? Tom Brady – Yeah, man, he's, <laughs> he's been out there working the working the the, uh, the the funnies. He's being funny. He's doing a bunch of – that thing with Aaron Rodgers where he was – I mean, he's doing stuff to make people like him. Do you think that though this is actual Tom Brady or is it just a marketing team like telling him what he needs to be saying? That's my that's my question because like Tom Brady just seemed so uncool for so long and now he seems like he'd be a fun hang and it's just like there's no way this guy's fun to hang out with, right? I don't. My my best answer is Tom Brady is a marketing team, so it's kind of the one the one side. It's Inception. That's that's what I'm saying. Tom Tom Brady is a lab experiment on marketability just post being a lab experiment on can we take what's the can we if we have league average traits at a position what's the most we can squeeze out of it and the answer is tom brady's career (laughs) all right eric what do you think is tom brady is tom brady a a cool hang now or is he still the lame he's a semi-cool hang you got to remember he was with belichick and he wasn't allowed to have fun he wasn't allowed to say much i think he probably felt a little he's the second coolest hang in his own marriage 
This is fact, but I, 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 I don't think he's a robot. But yeah, I think this. You know what? This is Giselle. This is Giselle just saying, "Tom, be more fun." And he's like, "Okay, baby." <laughs> Plus, he's, he's a, in she, Florida. He's he's now technically. You think Tom she's Brady like, you're, is you're, a Florida man? I like your Giselle accent, by the way. Do you it's think perfect. she's like? Do you think she's like? I was not fu- going to judge. <laughs> you're perfect. funny with the. She's like you're funny with the kids, but uh, but why are you so boring? <laughs> why are you so boring? <laughs> All right, so. Uh, is she let's... Greek? <laughs> what, what? No, she is not. She is not Greek. No, that's not. Relate into the Luca review. Is your, not is what your... my impersonation says. I I think she's Brazilian, right? I know. Okay, maybe. Yeah. maybe. Yep, she is. I looked it up. Eric's uh, like, what part of Greece is that? That's yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh yeah, we're not at the last division yet. I almost had you guys do your uh, your playoff teams predictions and stuff. Okay, let's talk really quickly about the Packers. The Packers are back. I did my projection without Aaron Rodgers. I have them at ten and seven now and barely missing the playoffs. Did any? Did you guys change your Packers predictions uh, significantly from last week? Or or is uh, it- no? Because I still had them with Aaron Rodgers going ten and seven what? and fighting for the last playoff spot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, this deal that he made, I think is actually pretty clever, right? Like he gets a, gar- a bunch of guaranteed money this year, and then he doesn't have to play in Green Bay anymore after this year. I think that kind of was a win, a win-win as much as they could make it for both the Packers and and Aaron Rodgers, right there. Uh, and so, then they lose literally their entire offense because they've made it out of two players. Well, I mean, yeah, I was to say they they only have Aaron Rodgers. If they didn't have Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, they were going to be legit terrible, like that. They were in trouble without those guys. But boys, not long before we're back to the 1980 Green Bay Packers. Here we go. Do you think Devontae Adams is joined at the hip with uh with Aaron Rodgers? Like wherever, like kind of the same way Gronk and Tom Brady are joined at the hip. Like wherever Tom goes, that's where Gronk's going to end up. Do you think wherever Aaron Rodgers goes next season, like Devontae Adams is is a shoe in to sign with them? Because I kind of do. I don't. You don't uh... think that. I don't. I think he understands that he needs an accurate quarterback in order to be able to show off his skill set because he gets open by running routes really precisely. And it's like a lot of timing. So he wants to make sure he's on a team where someone has that skill set. But I think he's willing to go to any team that will pay him good money to use that skill set. Yeah. Do you think what do you think, Eric? Do you think there'll be a package deal next offseason? I think it's likely, but not out of the realm of thinking that you know, someone puts up a lot of money because right now this this deal came out. Teams are circling twenty twenty two. Denver like, you, is like, what do we have to do to yeah, get exactly. Aaron Rodgers next year? Say, there's a couple, and they're not going to get Adams if they get Rodgers. This there's is a, fact. I think that the Broncos could Likely. work that actually. That that the Broncos, the Steelers, uh, there's a couple teams that I feel like have the ability. The Patriots, unfortunately, is one that I think could do it, um, but they have to give up on Mac Jones. <laughs> may you just table mac jones for a few seasons sorry just had to are laugh. you are you thinking that uh, denver gets out of uh, von miller's contract or something uh denver has ways to really easily clear cap i'm not saying that they would be like palatable but like they have a they don't have a bunch of dead cap numbers for next year like they could and we all have learned by now right that the salary cap is a lie right that as long as you don't have these huge dead cap numbers you can kind of do whatever you want and uh, Denver is one of those teams in that situation where, like, they don't have a bunch of guys locked up to giant guarantees. So they could just clear cap by cutting dudes that are ineffective or they don't want. And then replace when you replace when you bring in Aaron Rodgers, you can replace them with, like, cheaper talent that wants to play with Aaron Rodgers. And now that you get to play. Here's the thing. Cheap talent probably wants to play with Aaron Rodgers, but they don't want to live in Green Bay. Now they can live in Denver <laughs> where weed is legal. Like the, it's such an upgrade from Green Bay, right? Like now it's Denver's like, actually a pretty cool city too. And it's got a major yeah. airport so you can fly out to wherever you actually live. Exactly. It's also like, very cold, but there are places to eat that aren't a bar. Exactly. You guys so I'm get, sorry, a tavern. So like anywhere he lands is going to be more appealing to free agents than Green Bay. That's one thing I think that people just underrate is if you are a 23-year-old getting your first free agent contract, why would you ever want to go to Green Bay? You are who wants to be a millionaire in Green Bay? It's insane that Green Bay has a football team. That'd be like if what was the city around? It'd be like if it was like the Yakima Seahawks. You know, it's like it doesn't yeah. make any sense. It's so weird. Uh and we just like act like it's not a thing. People <laughs> people act like it's just completely normal. It's not. If if it was the Tri-City Seahawks, I think that we should we, we should we'd be talking about that a little bit a little bit more. But uh 
Yeah. All right. So the Packers will be better than they were without Aaron Rodgers. That's a, we, 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 all, take. we all agree. We all agree. It's a big upgrade from, from Jordan love <laughs> to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Wow, it's the hot take machine is just burning up here. Uh, there are many ways to support the Best take is in the best shape of its life. There are many ways to support the CXNS podcast. If you want to, though, if you have no money, head to iTunes. Give us a review. Uh, let's see. The review page is loading. I was going to give a shout out to the last person who reviewed us. Oh, yeah, Adam Bomb. Nice job, dude. You're the best. So if you do have money, if you're filthy rich and you want to, to fund uh, us buying new equipment, head over to only12s.com or uh, – wait, no, it's – yeah, and punthub.us. And uh, you could be like Andy, Bretta, Brett, Greta, James, <laughs> Carrie, Lucas, Ryan, Timothy, Tom, Emmanuel, Astro, Bob, Casey, Flocktimus, Foles, Jay, Kieran, Leon, Michelle, Mike, and Mike, Rachel, Thomas, Warwolf, uh, Brandon, and Nick. You could be like I like them. how you made Brett and Greta a power couple there for a minute. Greta. You know what? They're going to go head-to-head in, uh, in fantasy this year probably. It's very likely that they will go. Now, speaking of fantasy, if you want to sign up for the Seahawks Nest Fantasy uh, leagues. It's very easy to do so. Just head over to the Discord and s- check out the pin post. It has a poll. I'm going to be shutting that down at the uh, beginning of next week, August 1st and 2nd, that one of those two days. So make sure you get in there. If you are technologically deficient, you don't understand Discord, you're you're old and you just, you're like, I like Slack or I miss Microsoft Teams. Why isn't this on Microsoft Teams? Why well, is then, my AOL Instant Messenger not booting? So if you're like that and you really need help, uh, you can message me on Twitter uh, or, or Facebook. And I will check that out and try to get you in the league if you're a Patreon. Uh, free to play, but there's prizes. You got to beat us. Link it to your live journal. You got to beat us to get them though. No man, it's on. It's on their Friendster account. All right, <clears throat> movie club. <laughs> movie club. This week we watched Pixar's movie. This week we watched Pixar's new movie, Lucas. So if you haven't seen it yet, uh, go ahead and shut the podcast off and go watch it, and then come back and tell us what you, and then see what you, see what we thought. If you have All a right, family, Aaron, watch it with your family. Eric, you watched it the most recently. You watched it today. I did. So, uh, Eric, tell us about what you think about Luca. Ooh, Luca, it's a real fish-out-of-water tale. For Kevin and Nathan, we'll see you next week. Um, sorry, I, I thought about that in the first five minutes and was like, oh, I'm going I'm to remember that. Uh, I did not like the way this movie started. <laughs> I my, my initial thoughts were, oh, remember when Pixar movies were special? And they like came out every other, like every year and a half. And you really looked forward to it. And as this movie went on and it kept going, I, I adored this movie. It, it is worthy of the Pixar title. It is very entertaining, very funny, very good. Oh, was I allowed to laugh at all the uh, Italian, uh, Yes. Speaking jokes yes. was I okay. The director of this movie is is Italian. I and I saw that, but I so, I was so also he, he's doing it because he loves Italy. He's he's a it's a it's it's like you when you make fun of your brother. It's not it's not a <laughs> yeah. I was embracing the meme. I just wanted to comment on that. Yeah, this this movie had a lot of heart. You know how I feel about movies with heart. This movie was funny, and I don't know it. It didn't really have a new message, but it didn't feel redundant. Right. I really so, liked it. There's this metaphor in this movie at the heart of this movie, right, Eric? That's mm-hmm. uh, the the feet when when you're a kid, sometimes you feel different, right? And of course, they they smack you over that. Sometimes you feel different. They smack you over the head with it, right? With this sea monster thing, like he's literally <laughs> very different, literally but, a different species of individual. Yes, but but I think that 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 metaphor is a really powerful one for kids, and the execution in this movie is really really strong. Um, it reminded me of kind of. Um, it was whimsical, like a Miyazaki movie, you know, okay. like a, yeah. like it had, had that sense of like uh, whimsfulness. And the director did say that's what he was going for. And I think he, he, I, he nailed that. Like, I think that like that, you think of a movie like Porco Rosso or Ponyo or something like that, where the, there's just this sense of um, whims, whimsy that, that this movie really uh, captured. It's a, it's a coming of age movie, which I, I always kind of enjoy uh, coming of age stuff. And yeah, I thought that the, everything, I, I just it just really came together really nicely. Like Eric said, like you start off and you're kind of skeptical of the premise, right? Because the premise is just, uh, it's not that interesting. But the the execution is so strong and the characters are so uh, likable and fun that you end up just having fun with the movie uh, anyway. So, uh, Ken, what do you think? 
So, um, first of all, the animation in the movie is really pretty. Um, I thought all the transitions from sea monster to non-sea monster form, like land form and sea form transitions were always really cool looking. And also the, in terms of the animation, Kevin, the, the Riviera stuff, they really did yeah. their, uh, their homework there and made it look really, really yeah. like kind of unforgettably good. The backgrounds yeah. are, are memorable. Yeah, and they, they kind of captured a small town feel with the, something that like really good Pixar movies, I think, do a really good job with sound. You mentioned Miyazaki. I feel like that's something that he does an excellent job of is creating a sound environment that matches the visuals in a way that makes it more immersive. This did that, which was really cool. And I think that the score work is really uh, it has this like really good swelling kind of mm-hmm. score that draws emotion out of you that I think is really cool, too. Yeah, I agree. The other thing that's really cool is it starts with that coming of age. People feel different from each other. You know, you feel like an outcast thing and it could have just hit that note really well and it would have been a really good movie and I wouldn't have realized something was missing. But what I thought it did, the second note that it hit that I thought was really, really, really good was that it was about friendship and friendship from different angles. Uh, Luca going out and making friends. Uh, Julia... Um, being able to kind of live her life with her two different parents and have a life in those two places and finding a way to fit in. And then Alberto understanding like that you can have a friend and that you can share them with another person, which, you know, as a teacher of elementary school, I know a lot of kids have trouble with. Like if you're a kid like Alberto, where you, you know, have that fear of abandonment, when you get a friend, you latch on to them and it, the character has a really hard time in the movie when it comes time to share his friend because it feels like he's losing his friend. And by the end, he realizes that like, no, part of having friends is being able to share them with other people and to grow those relationships. And that was something that the movie could have completely skipped over and I wouldn't have realized it was missing. But the movie chose to like sit on it and really make a point out of it. And I think it really bumped the movie up a notch for me. And another thing too is like I felt like Alberto really uh, taught that lesson that yeah, sometimes you have to sacrifice something you really want if you want to uh, like maintain a friendship, you know? Like sometimes yeah. like friendships can be about like you know, like he really wanted to go on those Vespa trips, man. He and I'll be honest with you, I've seen this movie probably thirty times. So uh, that's because uh, that's because uh, your son's have, the main character. Yeah, my son looks exactly like the main character with blonder hair. So like he's a he was like into this movie when it dropped. Like he gets to watch like an hour of TV every day and he every single day was like Luca. We're watching Luca every single day. Um but uh, I heard some great pun pun alternative names and I want to know which one which ones you guys like best. Uh The Shape of Vespa, uh Calamari by Your Name, uh the little sea monsters. Okay, uh, do you guys got any more of these? Do or do you have one that you like the best? Uh, uh my absolute favorite one for this was Call Me By Your Nemo. Call Me By that's, Your Nemo. That's the I like one. Cal- Calamari By Your Name, I think. Th- which one do I like better? Those are both really good. Uh, but they're... Okay, I'll, I'll think about it more. <laughs> Eric, what do, you, what do you do? Which one do you like? Uh, call Me By Your Nemo. It's immediately it was like, ah, that's good. That's good. Okay, uh, so looking at Pixar's uh, sizable uh, library of... of uh, movies here okay so what where does this stand for you in the kind of the the pixar canon uh the list of pixar movies i have a pretty strong take here but i'm gonna let someone else go first so uh let's go with eric eric where does this stand for you in like kind of the the hierarchy of pixar movies you know i i can't i can't just number them one to however many i'd have to put them into tiers of like Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, so is this legendary. Like, is, this, is this an S or A? Well, so S is the best, right? Legendary. Yeah, S A D. I feel like it's just too early to put them in that A status. Okay, uh, so you go. But I put them in a B status. Maybe after I've seen it five hundred times, like you, I won't. I won't feel feel that much about it. But it was, it it was definitely a movie that that really it, it grew as it went on, and it was very very entertaining. Okay, so I'm gonna say B. this. Between 2011 and between summer 2011 and summer 2017, Pixar put out like nine movies Cars 2, Brave, Monsters University, Inside Out, Good Dinosaur, Finding Dory, and Cars 3. And at that point, I remember thinking to myself, like, Pixar is kind of dead. 
like Pixar has not put out a they good peaked, movie in a long time. They peaked. They're making sequels now. Their new stuff is not that good. Inside Out is the best of these movies, and I like it, but I don't love it. And so, like, I'm, I'm like, man, is, is Pixar not good? And since then, they made Coco, Incredibles 2, Toy Story 4, Onward, Soul, and Luca, or all movies that I would say are B or better. They really, like, turned the corner for me and, and started kind of – um Got back to the roots. And the thing I think about Luca that I love so much, and I would put it in the A tier, um, and it has a chance to make it into my S tier, but my S tier is like Ratatouille, Wally, Coco. Uh, those movies are like unassailable. Like they're so good. Um, uh, one Toy Story movie, but I haven't decided which one. Don't ask me. <laughs> it's, like, it's either one or three. I don't know which one's my favorite. They're all good, but uh, whatever one's my favorite is in the S tier, and then all the other ones will be in the A tier. So, um, Luca's really, really good, and I think I like that. That the the world feels like a real place, and it feels like um like lived in. It doesn't feel uh like somewhere else. It's it's like smaller scale and and real, kind of like Ratatouille was. You know, it's just like this is a a place, and it's a little bit whimsical and a little bit crazy. Like the same way, you know, I got a rat controlling a guy by pulling his hair is a little whimsical and a little crazy. But like I think that I really like like that that version of Pixar, and I really think that. Um, I'm excited to see what Enrico Casarosa is uh, capable of because this was his first Pixar movie he directed and I thought he did a really good job and I'm really excited about like what did what did this does this group of um, uh, what does this filmmaker and what did get to do with this kind of you know iconic studio next it's it's pretty exciting in my opinion so yeah I put it in the A tier all right Kevin where would you put it in the hierarchy of uh, Pixar movies uh, I actually end up in the same spot. It's in the A tier for me with Inside Out, Up, Monsters, Inc. Uh, those movies that didn't like, they didn't they didn't hit me right in the feels. Like, you know, like Coco got me in the feels really good. Or Onward had that had some really special moments for me that meant a lot. It's, it's that like next notch down, which is still really, really very good movie. So it's an A tier movie for me. And w- one thing I love about Pixar movies is that like for me, like onward, I don't I thought it was okay, but I know why I know why you like that movie so much, right? Because it's the re- it like it like relationship with you have with your brother. Like Oh yeah. It's a, it's about it's, two brothers who get to connect over being humongous nerds. And like which I think I get I think Pixar's done a really good job of like fi- finding these lanes like that, like that finding these lanes so that everyone can kind of connect to one of these movies. Eric, is there a, a movie of Pixar's that you connect with like the most that you feel oh, like the closest to the most? I don't know. I'll say like emotionally up, connected up. up was more for me. Onward was also uh, just a really nice surprise. Um, was, you know, but, but, but for on your, for onward, was it, it was a, it was a different reason than Kevin, right? Like, yeah, it was just the, is the end of the movie. Right. With the dad and stuff. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. That was, that was something I, I really liked what you said about the S tier and how you defined it because uh, I can, I can move Luca into the A tier. I think no problem, at least, you know, in time or, you know, maybe after the show. Yeah, or <laughs> but, just like you watched it for the first time today. Yeah. Right? I just, I don't want to, I don't want to do that hot take. You need some time like, to chew on it. You haven't, this is you haven't, so you haven't good. Of, yeah. I haven't got to sleep on it yet or anything. And like, like I've seen it 20 times. So I know That's that for me personally, <laughs> you, it's going to stand the test of time. Yeah. Like, you are the expert. <laughs> but like you said though, when Coco hit, you're just like, whoa, whoa. On every level, immediate, immediate S I don't care. And I'm going to go back and watch it and love it even more. So uh, yeah, I I really have to think if there are any anything else. There's there's also those that that run of Pixar. Woo! Inside Out. Congrats on being the sole champion. <laughs> I think Inside Out is like the like it's the good one out of those. And I don't like personally. I don't love Inside Out, but like I I think it's a fun movie. But that run is is really man. They made two car. They capped it off with. They started it with Cars two and ended it with Cars three. And uh, man. Cars 3 isn't like terrible. Like I think people kind of slag on it a little too hard, but Cars 2 asks what if Cars was Austin Powers and I didn't that's not a question that I ask. I want to know the person who watched Cars 1 and was like, "You know what? The series needs more meter-centric content." What about just the fact that yeah. like let's have cars doing more things that need hands. Like it, it's <laughs> like it's like the the movie makes is no sense. Like it, it the cars don't have hands anyway. I don't know. It's not. And the thing is, it's not whimsical. Like there's nothing whimsical about anthropomorphic cars, like zooming around and doing crazy stuff. I mean, it's I for NASCAR know. fans. They don't know what whimsy is. 
Ooh. Ooh. Gotta, they're very direct. You're right. Okay. So for, oh, t- oh by the way, this week, uh, you know, send us your favorite Pixar movie or post your favorite Pixar movie in the Discord. For Eric, for Kevin, we will see you next week. Go Hawks.